Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. Today I'm going to show you some things from God's perspective on how God handles love, how God handles it when somebody don't love him. Amen? They turn their love to somebody else instead of to God. You want to see how God handles it? You're going to see how that person, and many of you all in here are saved. How many of you all are saved? You know you're saved. You're going to heaven. Amen. Praise God. Guess what? Sometimes you have a problem with love. Mm-hmm. Your love walking out all the ways where it's supposed to be. And then sometimes, and I'm going to show you an individual today who was anointed in a position of God, man of God, but fell in love. And we're doing some crazy things outside the will of God. That tells me sometimes you all in here, you can be in love and anointed and be a fool. Now, everybody, I don't know if you're going to be able to handle everything I'm going to teach you today or talk to you today, but I can't pull punches. I got to speak the truth and I got to tell you what the word of God has to say. You have to decide if you can handle the truth or not. Even back there in the back, I keep going over everything, going over everything. I keep changing this and changing up because I don't want to offend you, but I don't want you to walk out of here being the same old person that you were when you came in. I want you to challenge the way you're thinking. I want you to challenge your stance on what you consider love and being in love. Now, this is not just for married people to be able to see themselves. Because it's just not married people that's in love. It's some single folks in love. Amen? So it's a message for single people too. So when I talk about especially these individuals, especially this certain individual, I want you to put your name there. Amen? Either of you male or female, just slide your name in there and see how it's going to fit you. Pastor, what are you talking about? Today I'm going to talk about Samson and Delilah. I want to know, is it possible to fall in love? To fall in love. Is it true? Can a person actually fall in love? Before you say yes, let me define it. I look at Webster's Dictionary, and this is the definition that he gave for falling in love. A simple definition of fall. To come or go down quickly from a high place or position. To come or go down suddenly from a standing position. To let yourself come or go down to a lower position. To let yourself go. Now Webster says that to fall in love is simply to let yourself go. To lose control. To throw caution to the wind. To let your emotions run wild. Falling in love is an expression describing one's emotional state when the happy feelings of what assumed to be love starts to grip the soul. When what you assume to be love starts to grip your soul, your suke, your mind. And when it grips your mind, sometimes you stop thinking. Not only does it grip your mind, but your mind holds your feelings, your emotions, your senses. 
Sometimes you stop looking, you stop seeing. Sometimes you lose your taste. Your sense of smell. Everything's affected when you lose control and fall in love. Love is a powerful emotion. I told you before, it's something that you cannot force, but it's a force that you cannot stop. So to fall in love, it simply says this. It is more of a sign of losing control. When you fall in love, it's more of a sign that you're losing control when you fall. Now, there's a time when you can really, in a marriage situation, it's okay for you to fall in love. Because that person is committed to you and you committed to that person, you went before God. Sometimes people be in marriage years before they fall in love. For they finally release, for they finally give up and stop trying to be so hard and stop trying to be so callous that they just let go. That's in the safety of marriage. So, men, it's okay for you to fall in love with your wife. Amen? All the men said what? Amen. There you go. All right, all right. Evan Bishop said, <laughs> he fooled around and fell in love. He wasn't intended to do it. And I don't know if you all know who Evan Bishop is, but he had a song out said that he must have been in love with a million girls. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all sing the song. Y'all know the song. Come back to me. Some of y'all are too young to even know anything about who that is. But the point was that he said that he must have been in love with a million girls. He fooled around and he didn't care how they cried. No, sir. He didn't care. None of that stuff fazed him. But he messed around and fell in love. That's when his eyes was open. That's when he realized all those women that he hurt, he had to hurt himself too. I'm telling you this on the start. You cannot play with love. When you play with someone's emotions, God's a just God. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The rabbit will get the gun. And it's no fun. You laughed. You was okay with it. You didn't care how they cried. You went on this. You went on that. But now it's your turn. And now you get a chance to feel how they felt. Love is nothing to play with. I believe the, re the, the reason why we get in and out of relationship, we hurt so bad in relationship when somebody, we love somebody and, and they walk away from us, we get a chance to feel an inkling of what God felt when Adam walked away from him, when Adam chose to be with Eve rather than be with him. Now that's heavy. Love can be blinding. Here's your creator who created heaven and earth, who created you, who formed you for himself. And because of your love for this bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh, she falls, so therefore you're willing to fall with her. You turn your back on your own creator. You don't hear me, do you? Love is powerful enough that you won't hear what nobody else says. Okay, let me just keep going. Some people don't realize that they're in love until years later, and I just told you that. Well, is it biblical? Yes, it's biblical to fall in love. 
But there are some things that I want you to consider. And here they are. Have you considered that you tend to love in the way that you want to be loved? Have you considered that? In other words, if, if I'm a giver and I love giving, then I'm going to anticipate or think that Miss King loves gifts. So I'm going to keep giving her gifts because I'm a giver. So I expected her to reciprocate, to turn that back to me, to, to love me back. But her love language may be just tender affection. Her love language may be just talking. Or whatever her love language may be, I'm anticipating because my love language is this, that it ought to be hers too. Therefore, I'm hurt when she don't receive what I'm giving her because I think that she ought to like what I like. And therefore, I think that she ought to respond the way I want her to respond. Miss King brought me to attention one time when I gave her a ring. And I gave her, it was a, it's still, it's a, it's a nice ring. And, and I know it was nice because I was a jeweler and I knew nice jewelry. And so, but I wasn't treating Miss King with the respect or speaking her love language. So when I presented her with this, it didn't even matter. Slim, you got you done lost it. You know how much this ring costs? And she stopped me. She said, you know what? It's just like giving me a ring. Well, now give me a piece of steak on, on, a, on a top of a garbage can. I'm like, you, you know how much this thing costs? And you're going to give me an analogy like that? It was all in my presentation. I didn't present myself, and that's what she wanted. I gave her something I thought would make her happy because it made me happy. Sometimes, men, we miss it because we're giving what we want rather than what she needs. Your communication is off. You're communicating the wrong thing. All right, so let's go to the next one before we run out of time. Some are easier to fall than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They find themselves doing it over and over. Why? Because of insecurities, fears, and etc. There are some people in here that fall in love so easily at the drop of a hat. They just fall in love. They're just a loving type. They just go in all hook, line, and sinker. Okay? You can't tell them nothing. They just got to keep going through. Okay? You're going to see yourself in this when I'm getting ready to show you about Samson and Delilah. Another thing, consider who, are, who you are falling in love with. Consider that, all right? Some people fall in love with the void. In other words, you could be trying to fill a void that only God can fill. You fall in love with this person because they talk to you all the time. You fell in love with the communication, okay? So you got to watch how you are wired. You're wired to love, but you got to be careful to not short-circuit and blow a fuse. You can mess yourself up with this thing because love is powerful. I've seen some people do some crazy things because of love. Amen? So they're trying to fill a void that only God can fill, and that's why your feelings are all over the place. You ever seen people, they're all over the place. One day you meet them, they're okay. The next day they're mad as all heck. 
You know, you can be in the same room with them. You talk to them, you, you sit right here talking to them, they answer the phone and they hang the phone up. You're not longer dealing with Dr. Jekyll. Mr. Hyde showed up. <laughs> Just that quick, bam, like that. Because the person that they are falling in love with has more control over their emotions than they do. It's dangerous when you let somebody else have more control over your emotions than you do. Don't make me act a fool. They only can make you act a fool because you gave them control over your emotions. They know what buttons to push. They know how to make you go yonder. All right. That's why people, that's why your feelings are all over the place and people that love you can't tell you nothing. And the people that want to use you seem to always be right. Your family members telling you something wrong with them. <laughs> you, you ain't thinking right, baby. Hold on. And you get mad at them. You just don't want me to have nobody because you ain't got nobody. Because <laughs> you ain't having your marriage. You don't want me to get married. Wait a minute. These people love you. They're trying to tell you the truth. You're not thinking straight. You're thinking out of the eyes of a fallen person, a person who has lost control, and you don't want to listen. When you fall in love and you know you're falling, you need to surround yourself with people that love you. Get you some family members that love you and are going to tell you the truth. Get around some good church folks. Everybody in church ain't good, all right? But we all trying to get saved, all right? So get around some people that love you enough to tell you the truth about yourself. If they tell you to slow down, then slow down because you don't know how fast you're moving. To you, it's love. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just, it's there. It's there, and you want to be there, but, but you're moving too fast. You're not looking at everything. People are showing you who they are, and you need to believe them. There's no guarantee. Have you considered that there's no guarantee that the one you love is going to love you? Even though you get married, that person that you love may not be in love with you. Well, why they marry me? You need to ask them. <laughs> why? Because some people like drama. Do you realize that? There's some people just like drama. They like mess. They're fighters. And they just like a lot of mess going on. They're not happy until they argue. They have issues on the inside that they haven't addressed yet. And so to them, their life is full of drama. They always got drama going on. Always. So if you marry them, guess what? Pull out the script. Because you need to read between the lines. Now this is a question right here that I have that I've I've, I've asked that if y'all don't like it, then y'all have to talk to Marshawn and Miss King about it because I tried to change it, but they wouldn't let me. And here we go. And they say it's heavy, Pastor. I had changed it, and then Marshawn kind of agreed with me, so I changed it back. So the question is, why do fools fall in love? 
Now, let me clarify that before you think I'm talking about you, okay? This person I'm getting ready to show you is a man of God, but he fell in love. He knew God. He knew he was anointed from his day of birth, but yet and still, he did some foolish things. There are some of you all sitting out here, you are anointed, but you're doing some foolish things. And you got to watch it because you could fall in love with the wrong thing. God will let you have your just reward. In this teaching today, I want you to put yourself in this person's place. I want you to put yourself in Samson's place so that you can see exactly how far you're going and how far you need to get back. Judges chapter 16, verse 1. One day Samson went to the Philistine, to a town of Gaza, and spent the night with a prostitute, a man of God, anointed of God. Went to be with a prostitute. Oh, how low down he is. Dirty man of God. He freaky. You know, you call him all kind of crazy stuff. The man got some issues. And he thought, I guess, by being with a prostitute, he wasn't going to hurt nobody. Now, I can go a long way with that one. Because some of you all are doing some self-inflicted wounds. You're hurting yourself and thinking that you're not hurting anybody. God has a calling on your life to do something for him. But because of your issues and your emotions, you're all outside of the will of God. And people are watching you. But guess what? You're still anointed. You can sing, you can pray, you can preach, but still living with a prostitute. Mm -hmm. And God, who really loves you, is trying to demonstrate his love towards you while you're yet sinning. He still tries to use you and try to get the most out of you he can. Word soon spread to that Samson was there. And so the men of Gaza gathered together and waited all night at the town gates. They kept quiet during the night, saying to themselves, when the light comes in the morning, we're going to kill him. They was plotting to kill him because he was outside the will of God. But yet he was still anointed. But Samson stayed in bed only until midnight. I guess he knew something was up. He got up, took hold of the door because they had locked him in, chained him in took hold of the doors to the town gates, including the two posts, and he lifted them up, bars and all. He put them on his shoulder and carried them all the way to the top of the hill across Hebron. Watch this. This boy was still anointed, even though he had just got through sleeping with a prostitute. The gifts and calling of God on your life are irrevocable. That's what scares me the most. There are some people who are out here you are doing the will of God, and you're doing the will of God, but you're still anointed, and you're being the fool. You're doing stuff that you should not be doing. That tells me that God is getting the best he can or the most he can out of you, but there is a payday that's going to come when you're going to have to reap what you sow. You might be getting by, but you're not getting away. I'm too afraid to be messing around being stupid with an anointing like I have. You have an anointing too. 
And your anointing is no different, but you won't exercise it, you won't use it, and you're doing silly things with it. You can't just do anything and be anointed. The price tax is going to get too heavy for you. Watch this. Let me give you some pointers on this one. He was under the anointing. God still anointed Samson with supernatural strength, even though he was in sin. When God has a plan for your life, your sins can't stop you. And I know that's heavy. Meaning God can get what he can out of you and deal with your mess later. Samson's going to get dealt with, and we know that. God didn't take his strength away from him. Samson had to give up that strength. God did this because his plan was bigger than Samson. God used Samson despite, or I put your, but his sins, not because of his sins. Sometimes people think, and I've had a conversation with people, and they say that, you know what, God allowed me to do that because I can teach other people You know what? You just take you making an excuse for the wrong that you want to do. You can't sit here and convince me that God allowing you to do this just so that you can teach somebody else not to do it. That's foolish thinking. That's demonic. That's devilish at its core. And the devil will play games with you when you're so out there and you're anointed and you're playing with sin, he will make you look like a fool. You know what? If I sit up and I put red marks and white marks all over my face, guess what? You all can look at me and know something wrong. I can't see it. I could be looking at you and have all these marks on my face, but I can't see it because I'm looking out of my eyes. But you're looking at me and you can see everything that's wrong with me. Sometimes people are looking out of their own mess and don't realize that you notice that something ain't right. People of God, and especially if you feel with the Holy Ghost, that's a thing called discernment. When you operate in discernment, you pick up on what ain't right in people. You might not pinpoint exactly what it is, but you know something ain't right. That's called discernment. Some of you all don't realize that people can discern you. They know you messed up. They know you twisted, that you have some issues. You just don't know that they know it. And hear it all the time, you trying to look good. Samson looked like a man of God on the outside. But on the inside, he was messed up. On the outside, he was a man of God. While on the inside, he had struggles, issues. Sinning without, outright with a prostitute? That's somebody with some issues going on inside. You may be in love with somebody like a Samson, and they're struggling. They have issues going on inside. Is your love strong enough to help them through it? I told you last week, love covers a multitude of faults. Now, I'm not telling anybody to stay in a situation that you know you're putting your life in jeopardy. If they running out there in the streets and having sex outside the marriage and doing all this crazy stuff, even if they, if, 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 if they ain't married to you, you're putting your life at risk. So I'm not telling you to stay in a situation like that. I'm not telling you to get out either. I'm telling you, if it's bad as you say it is, God will get you out. Amen? 
Maybe Samson put his life in his own hands or his own perspective, and he overlooked some of the categories that he felt that God cared about or some categories that God didn't care about. In other words, sometimes we say that God's okay with me doing this, and God's okay with me doing that, but you know you're wrong. Nobody here can sin and not know it. You can't say it's okay for me to do this when God has already said that you can't do it. If you're wrong, you're simply wrong. Amen? All right, let's go to the next one. Watch this. How many of you ever played the fool? Everybody plays the fool sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And trust me, there are no exceptions to the rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometime later, here you go again. Samson falls in love. He fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the Valley of Sorek. He didn't get enough with the first woman he was with. Almost lost his life. Because of these issues on the inside of him, he hadn't learned his lesson. So you know what's happening now? It's getting worse. It's progressive. Not only is he messing with a prostitute, but he even fell in love with an escort. That's what we use today, a high-class prostitute. All right? That's what Delilah was. She was a high-class. She, she was out of his level or out of his, his range, or he wasn't ready for this one. The, the other man not had a lot of sense, but Delilah ain't nothing to play with. Samson was out of his league when he met Delilah. He was anointed, but out of his league. Men, listen to me good. If you can't love the one you with, you're going to mess around and step out your league. Because of something that's going on on the inside of you, you still got a good woman, but you don't want to treat her right. You mess around and get out your league, and you're going to get one of them ones who are going to treat you any kind of way, and you're not going to realize that she's catering to something that's inside of you, that wild man, that, that bad boy, and she's going to treat you the way you ought to be treated. And the danger is if God just step back and let you be you. You know what you can end up doing? Even though you're married, you can fall in love with that crazy woman. Because whatsoever you sow it, you're going to reap. Don't play. The rules of the Philistine went to her and said, entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he, can, how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. You hear this? What was Delilah after? Everybody, before you get in a relationship, and get serious about it. You need to find out what that person wants from you. I don't know what Samson wanted. Maybe he just wanted to be loved. Maybe he just wanted to be accepted. Maybe he was just too strong and he just wanted to be weak. I don't know. But Delilah wanted money. Sophia, what do you want from me? You married to me. You want, don't tell me in front of everybody. <laughs> But, but later on, tell me what you want from me, okay? All right? Everybody needs to know that. Whatever relationship you're in, find out what that person wants because they may want something that you're not willing to relinquish. 
Some people are in a relationship just because of sex. Some people are in a relationship because of money. Some people are in a relationship because they got hurt in their last relationship. And they like you enough to think that you're going to be able to help them overcome the hurt that was done to them in that relationship. And you may not be able to do that. You may not want to compete. And you need to make a decision and help them to make a decision. All right, let's keep going. Watch this. Next slide. Falling for the same type. Now, don't raise your hand on this one. But some of y'all find yourself going after the same type of woman or the same type of man. You got hurt with the first one, and the next one you pick, look and act and have some of the same features of the last one that hurt you. Have you ever noticed people that, that they get out of one relationship and then they get into another relationship with another woman or another man, and they got features just like the other person they just got out of a relationship with? Many times that's called infatuation. Infatuation is when you like somebody because of what you see. He remind you, he can remind you, oh, he, he remind me of my daddy. He remind me of my last boyfriend. He remind, you pick up traits from somebody else and you see them in them and next thing you know, you like them because of what you see in them. You don't know nothing about them, but you're falling for them over infatuation. One day that infatuation is going to wear off. And then you're going to have what you've got. You, gotta, you owe it to yourself to take some time. Don't just jump up and go marry somebody or say you love somebody and you had known them long enough. You only know them for 30 days. Most men can fly for 60 We can play the game for at least 60 days without you knowing it. After 60 days, it starts to wear off, and we start getting bored trying to play that game. Then a little of us start to show up. Then once we start to show up and you start to see how we really are, you better believe me. At that point, we hope that you love us enough or have fallen in love with us that you're going to overlook the issues that we have. You understand? Some people like people just because their teeth are straight. Some people like people because they wore the same cologne that your last boyfriend wore. Miss King fell in love with me because I dressed nice. Ain't that right, baby? I want to tell y'all the truth about my, what, don't do it. Don't what, what'd you say? I, I was dressed nice. You, you helped me out a lot. Oh, Lord. Don't say that. Y'all heard it. Miss King said she fell in love with my sideburn. Lord Jesus. When she met me, I was looking like Elvis. I had those cut sideburns. If Miss King hadn't saved me and came along and saved me, Y'all wouldn't be here today. <laughs> I knew when I met her that, that, and I said something to her the other night, and I think I went a little bit too deep. She said, don't go that deep. But I believe that, <laughs> I believe that God loved me so much that he sent me a woman 
who would love me for me. I believe that she loved me at first sight. Not because of who I was, but because of the, the characteristics that God had shown her who she needed and who she was there to help. So when Miss King saw me, I didn't see her. I saw what I wanted to see. It wasn't love at first sight. It was more lust at first sight. Be honest with you. But Miss King saw beyond that. Miss King saw the assignment. She saw the fact that, she, that I had the potential to be her man. But what I saw was what I asked for. I had a woman who, who, who had long hair, who could pin her hair up in a little ponytail. I saw them big, pretty legs. I saw them hips. I saw all this. I saw that. I wasn't looking ahead to getting married. I was like, this is what I want right here, right now. I didn't understand that God saw me for what I was and sent me for what I sent me what I needed. And when he sent her to me, I didn't understand it. I was still playing the game. Uh -huh. Women and men. Because women can play the game too. They what? And better. <laughs> but Sean said they can play it better. <laughs> because, because when you play the game, it, 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 you know, have anybody ever been to a, a, a uh, what do you call it, a playground? They're all different rides on a playground. Okay? Next time you go by a ride, you look, you look at the playground. Okay? And, and one of them, they have a swing set out there where you just push the, push the mate. Just push them. They go on web, they don't know how danger they're in. They holler, eee! You just like, yep, your feet on the ground. You pushing them up in the air. They don't realize that their life in danger. They can flip out of there and go and break something. Okay? So there are situations where people get into when they're playing the game, they just want to keep their foot on the ground and have you swinging. To them, it's fun. You have, woo, to get up so high and to change your blue. You ever been like that? Yeah. Uh huh. That's your life going. It ain't their life going. There's another playground ride called the merry-go-round. It can make you sick. Some of y'all been going around and around. When I was in the merry-go-round in my school, Galena Elementary, there was this guy, white guy named Cook, Calvin Cook. He was strong. And we jumped on the merry-go-round. When we know that he was coming, we would jump off. This day, I didn't see him coming. And I was on the merry-go-round. Next thing I know, woo, it's speeding up. I'm like, what the heck going on? And Calvin just up there just pushing. And we just going around and around. And I'm sick as all get out. And I'm like, oh, God, Calvin, please stop. Oh, please, all of us just hot. Please stop. Because when you jump off, it was a big old tin building right here. And if you jumped off, you had, your momentum would take you straight into that big tin building. I got tired. I was getting sick. I jumped off. And when I hit that building... I was almost like I was stuck to it. <laughs> that ride made me so sick that I couldn't handle myself. I was about to throw up, and I didn't want to throw up because everybody was watching me, but I was sick. Some of you guys don't realize it, but in this game, you get on a merry-go-round. And that same person who was pushing you up like this now got you going around and around. They ain't on the ride. They're just controlling yours. 
They've got your emotions. They've got your feelings. And they're not letting you get off. Just when you think you're ready to step off, you get sick again. And all you're doing is just going around and around and around. And he just keeps it to him. It's funny. There's another ride called a seesaw. Have y'all ever seen a seesaw? Up and down, up and down. Now, that takes two. In most situations, when we played on the seesaw, you push up and you go down. In a relationship, many relationships are seesaw. As long as he got your heels up in the air and you can't come down, he's happy. He's happy. When you get the gun, so to speak, and now your feet on the ground, he's dangling in the air. Now, which position you like the best? His feet dangling in the air or your feet dangling in the air? In a lot of marriages, it happens. You take turns suspending each other. The problem comes in is that when you get sick and tired of hanging in suspense, you want to stop playing. I don't want to play no more. Well, you're too high to jump off. And you're hoping that he don't jump off while you're in the air because you're going to have a hard fall. Not only is your weight, but the weight of that wood is going to come down on you. And I have skint my heels, my knees, my ankles, because one of my friends jumped off the, ro- the, 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 the slide, the seesaw. What happens on a seesaw, people, and this is what you have to do in marriage and any other relationship. You got, and I know y'all laughed at me by all these analogies that I have. I can see y'all laughing out. But anyway, I'm trying to get a point over to you. Step and listen. So when the seesaw is like this, and maybe his feet on the ground, you're suspended. At some point, God told you that that thing going to come back. Now, when it comes back, both of y'all feet can be on the ground. At that point, you all need to decide, let's not play no more. This relationship is going nowhere. I'm tired of suspending you, and I'm tired of being suspended. Let's step off. Let's let it go. Let's walk away. I told you in the first beginning, when God and Adam went on the same page, what did God do? He let him go. Adam wasn't happy to live with God, so God let him go. And not only did he let him go, he blessed him with what he needed to get out of the house. He sacrificed an animal, put clothes on him, and then said, let him go. And then his concern was that if Adam come back and eat of this tree, he's going to live forever in a fallen situation. So he protected him to keep him from coming back. Some relationships are gone. I'm going to speed up a little bit. Can y'all follow me if I speed up? All right. So falling in love with the same type. Come back. I didn't finish that one. There we go. Falling in love with the same type. Samson does it again. He falls in love all over again. The time Samson would reap the pain and the confusion because he did not what? Guard his heart. God told you in Proverbs 24, 20, above all else, guard your heart, guard your emotions because every issue of life goes out of it. If you don't watch what goes into here, ain't no telling what's going to come out of here. You can damage themselves, you can damage people, and you can hurt people for life. Even though he's still anointed, 
he falls for a woman. Completely wrong for him. Y'all got to watch this thing called love. You can fall for somebody that don't care nothing about you. Just because you love them, that does not mean they love you. They could like your bald head, but not love you. Yes, they can. They could like your smile, but despise you. They could want your body and care nothing for you. You can't play with love, and y'all can't. Don't play with it. If you don't love somebody, don't pretend. And we're going to see Delilah, how she messed this thing up before. Come on, let's go to the next one. Y'all slow back there. All right. We talked about Samson, but what about Delilah? What about this girl? When I say Samson, what comes to your mind? A strong man, a man of God, or a weak man who can't control his emotions? Well, what about Delilah? When I say Delilah, what do you, how many of y'all name y'all children Delilah? Nobody? Huh. So it, it must conjure up a, a bad feeling in your mind or something when you think about Delilah. Delilah was so deeply in love. But she was in love with money. She didn't tell Samson this. Everybody going to tell you why they want you. Mm-hmm. In Judges chapter 16, verse 6, so Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong. And what it would take to tie you up securely. Wait a minute. Some, this fool don't realize something wrong with this. As strong as he is, he don't know something's going wrong. Something has went south. She's concerned about you for the wrong reason. And you two in love to investigate. Listen to me. You okay, you, gonna, you can be in love. But do your background check. Check their background out. Find out where they come from, who they've been with, what they've been doing. People are only going to tell you half the story. They're not going to tell you everything about them. They're going to let you discover that on your own. And then they're going to deny it when you find out the truth. So you watch a person, the person's going to tell you how they are. When that person gets under pressure, you're going to see how they really are. And when somebody tells you a fool, they're a fool, believe them. Samson replied, if I were tied up with seven new bowstrings that have never been dyed or dried, I would become as weak as, one, as anyone else. Watch this. These are the points I get out of this. Be bold enough to ask that person what you want or what they want out of this relationship. Ask that person. Delilah, Delilah obviously cared nothing for Samson. All she wanted is to get paid. She wanted the money. That tells me that, well, I don't want to be ugly, but there are a lot of women that do things for money. You don't love the man, but you take the purse, you take the shoes, you take the jewelry, you let him wine you and dine you. The Bible declares that that's, that's an escort. <laughs> Set up straight. 
I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to get you to see what you're doing and how you're playing with love. Because a man really can't handle it like you can. We have he emotions. It's worse than she emotions. When a man is hurt, you think you had trouble on your hand when you want to put a brick through his window. Dude will want to burn down your house. We get hurt. We act like a little boy. And we want to take everything. If I can't have you, can't nobody have We get too possessive. Look how committed he was to her. It's amazing how blind he can be with love. She's telling you that she's after something and you can't hear it. A man of God. Delilah was so deep in love. Okay, go to the next one. Messed me up. Went back. The lies. How many of you have been lied to in a love relationship? How does it feel to be lied to? Do you feel, can I say some words that, 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 that are not so comfortable? Do you feel stupid? Bamboozled? Led astray? Hoodwinked? <laughs> yeah, you feel like the fool. And the bad part about it, you're going to listen to the lie. You can see something with your own eyes, and you and, and Oh, I better not say that. After Delilah said to him, you've been making fun of me all this time, telling me your lies. Now please tell me how you can be tied up securely. Samson replied, if you would tie me up with new brand ropes, with brand new ropes, get some new ropes and tie me up with them. I'm going to be just like any other man. Yep. That have never been used, and I will become as weak as everyone else. Delilah took new ropes and bound him. Samson allowed this bondage because he refused to accept the situation. He refused to see that this woman was up to something no good. He didn't want to see it. I bet you everybody in Samson's family was telling him, boy, that woman ain't no good. Samson didn't want to hear that. Samson was in love. Love can blind you so, so, I mean, so easily. Sometimes you want to believe the lie. Some of you don't want to know the truth, especially you young people. Your parents and loved ones around you can tell you, well, they, just, they, they ain't ready to marry you. I mean, think about it. You get married and you're 18, you're 17, you ready to get married? No, well, why are you letting them throw all that crazy stuff to you? Why you let him tell you he love you? He don't even have a job. <laughs> Some people believe a lie because of your scars and, and you refuse to turn to God and you find yourself in a, in a similar place of sin, compromise, bondage, heartache, and pain, all because you refuse to escape the situation. So, Samson was bound and didn't want to, and wanted to be bound. Didn't want to, he didn't want to get free. He was wrapped up in love and didn't want to get out. And all the time, she's trying to find out what she wanted, what she could get out of the situation. Watch this. Now, here we go. I need all y'all to sit up straight, especially our married folks. Okay? Sharing secrets. Now, we argue about this in marriage class. Me and my wife get in the point. We argue about it and stuff like that. And the question is, do you tell your secrets? 
Uh, not self straight. Nobody shake their head. Nobody say anything. I see some women saying, yeah, I want to know. And brothers were like, mm. Pastor, why are you dealing with this? I think you need to be dealt with so that you can know. Because I want to give you a biblical stance on the take. Okay? All right? If it's dead, it ought to be buried. I'm going to give you a scripture. Behold, if any man, woman, be in Christ, old things have passed away. All things have become new. When you get married and you repent it, that stuff is on the blood. But I want to know. Do you really want to know? My question is, if you find out, can you handle the truth? Your curiosity, as they say, the curiosity killed the cat. Your curiosity can mess up your marriage. If they have repented, and they, I used to want to know what was going on in Miss King's past. I still do, but I know I can't handle it. So I leave her and God alone with her secrets. Because I can't handle it. I don't want, no, I can't think of now. Woo, she said, that's not tell me that somebody she's been with, I'm going to go look for her. <laughs> We've been married 26, 27 years. And I still can't handle the truth. I don't want to know that, no, man, uh-uh. So some stuff I just don't want to know. You hear me? Now, if you hadn't gotten married yet, you need to know. But if you're married, let it go. What good is it going to do you to know? Now you got something else that you got to start praying about. <laughs> I, I told you one before. I thought the silliest thing when I wanted to get out of my marriage, and I was a man of God, anointed like Samson was, but I wanted out of my marriage. I wanted Miss King to mess up. I wanted her to find somebody else so that I have a legal right, because I'm a man of God. I know scripture. I want a legal right to divorce her and get rid of her. Love or light had nothing to do with it. I just wanted her to go. So, me being the man of God, I prayed. And I told God, God, let her find somebody else. God talked back to me. He said, do you want my perfect will or my permissive will? I'm the man of God. I want your perfect will. He said, the voice is obsolete. Obsolete? What, what does that mean? God broke it down to me and said, you can't let her go. So if you want me to send another man in her life and for her to mess up, you still have to deal with it. How many of you know my prayers changed at that moment? I said, God, whatever you do, please don't let this woman find nobody else. God, please make me happy with her. God, help me to be right with her. Because I know I couldn't deal with the fact that she might be with somebody else. So it changed my prayer life. It made me be honest with myself. See, people, when you take divorce off the table, it makes you wise up a little bit. You think you can't deal with certain things. You don't want to deal with certain things. I don't want to know her past, and I hope she don't want to know mine. You want to know my past. You don't. It don't matter. Because she got me now.
And she's happy with what she had. I'm sorry, you are happy with what you have, right? All right. So then Delilah, and I done read, I done did all the scriptures before I even, I even, I go to the next one. <laughs> Y'all watch your weakest moments. That woman had, 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 had reduced this strong man to a loaf of bread with her words, with her sweetness, with her sweet talk. Come on, Samson, you say you love me, but you're keeping your secrets from me. She was sweet to him, and I know she was. But let me ask you this. How many of you ever been to a dentist? Even if you're a kid, you got to learn out that you have to watch out for the sweet things in life. That sweetness can cause you some pain. There's a song once said, the sweeter he is, the longer the pain going to last. You have to be careful about that sweetness. When I was married, when I was married, now that I'm married to my wife, <laughs> I'm still married. We're still together. We're all right, good. I have learned that I can let myself go. I can be sweet to my wife now. I'm not worried about getting tooth decay. Amen? She buy fluoride so I can keep my teeth healthy. The point I'm trying to make to you is this. There's a time to let yourself go. And it's in marriage. Before that, you can't afford to. If he's being real sweet to you, guard your affection. You hadn't arrived yet. He hasn't said I do yet. The game that you're playing, and I hate to say this, my wife tell me don't do it, but you got the one thing he wants. Hold on to it until he do that old thing that, that we do, and then it'll fall down on the knee. He done tried everything he can do to get it. He took you out, took you to the fancy restaurant, took you to the ball game, took you around all his friends, took you to see his mama. But he ain't asked you for your hand in marriage. When he took you to see his mama, he thought that was it. Now you got to give it up. You got to give it to me now. Why? Because I done brought you to the family. You know you don't want to get put out the family. You know you're that close to the family. You know you want to get in. So you need to put out. You can't do it, baby. It's a game. Keep us chasing. It's a man's job to chase. It's your job to lure. I know you don't like that. But it's the game. He's after something, and you want something. You got to know what you want, because he knows what he's after. You want to be committed to this man for life. You want to reign. And he done tried everything that he can do to get it. And now he knows there ain't nothing else he can do but fall down on the knee. Did y'all think that was, that was just a cliche? There's a reason that that man is down on his knees begging his woman to marry him. He has chased her for so long, and she hadn't given in to him. And he knows the only way he's going to get it is that he got to beg for it. He got to go to God and ask God for her hand in marriage. So he done tried everything he could. Now he's weak in the knees. He fall down on the knees, baby, I done tried everything. Will you please marry me? Why? He ain't asking for the marriage. He's asking for something else. 
The only way he gets it is through marriage. Young ladies out there, you all listen to me good. Hold on to your body because that's what he's after. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.